MRAP snack. So, Sean, we've all heard about Femepazole, 4MP, for toxic alcohol poisonings, and uh, they don't happen that often. It's not a drug that you're giving a lot. It's for methanol and ethylene glycol, right? And it works in those poisonings by inhibiting the conversion of these toxic alcohols to their really toxic metabolites. But this is a whole different story here. What are we talking about? Femepazole for acetaminophen poisoning? What? What? Yeah, so maybe some of the people listening out there have already had some experience with their local toxicologists or poison centers recommending it. But femepazole, as you said, main effect that we think of for toxic alcohols is inhibiting alcohol dehydrogenase, so you don't make those toxic metabolites. But it has some other activities, specifically inhibiting cytochrome P452E1, and that's in acetaminophen, the thing that makes that napkey, that toxic metabolite. Now, that's very interesting. But, you know, Sean, we already have, provided we get there in time, a very effective treatment for acetaminophen toxicity. Does any of this have to do with the fact that we're seeing more massive ingestions these days? Yeah, we definitely are seeing more massive. And what does massive mean? And we actually updated the Corpendium acetaminophen poisoning chapter so people can refer to it when we changed the nomogram to include the line. There's actually three lines now on our nomogram, including these massive ingestions. So there's a lot of debate what exactly is a massive ingestion. Most of us would say at least 500 milligrams per kilo, where we typically worry at 150. Some people say 350 per kilo, 300. But again, it's probably those big Costco, Sam's Club, whatever container store you want to say, where they can get these large amounts. And then we're seeing really high levels. So the nomogram that we have at four hours says greater than 300 milligrams per liter, or if you're outside of the United States, that's about 2,000 millimoles per liter. And it could even be much higher than that. And why do we care? Well, they get sicker, and not just hepatotoxicity or the renal toxicity that we can see, but they can become severely acidemic, encephalopathic. And that's why a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe we need to treat these a little bit differently. Right. And Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the reason for this toxicity across all the organs the fact that it's the mitochondria that is affected by acetaminophen. I mean, is that the pathway by why other organs outside the liver get affected? You're exactly right. I mean, acetaminophen is pretty interesting because it is, and you can think of it as a mitochondrial poison. And when they have these super high levels, we think that it's damaging those mitochondria. And actually, they ultimately collapse, and that causes a lot of the cascade. So you bring up a good point about this mitochondrial poison that is somewhat mediated by that 2E1-produced napki, but also there's this, we don't want to go too geeky with the basic science, but this thing called a JNK, which is a kinase that facilitates a lot of that oxidative stress that is happening within the mitochondria, and femepazole inhibits this JNK as well as the 2E1, so it seems like there's this multi-prong approach to decreasing that mitochondrial toxicity that we're seeing, in particular from these massive acetaminophen poisonings. So, Sean, given this, what are the implications for treatment? Is it going to change the way that we give NAC, for example? Yeah, so these massive acetaminophen poisonings have been really a lot of debate, discussion, opinion in the toxicology world. So, number one, a lot of people are recommending higher dose NAC, and we do have these dosages in Corpendium, but you'll have your initial IV loading dose of 150 per kilo, and then anywhere thereafter from about 12.5 milligrams per kilo, which is the typical four-hour dose, followed by 6.25 per kilo per hour. Many people are just either starting with 12.5 and continuing it, or even going as high as 25 milligram per kilo per hour. 
We've talked about this previously when we've talked about acetaminophen, that acetaminophen is very dialyzable. So there's more and more people using hemodialysis, particularly for these encephalopathic, very sick, acidemic, liver failure patients. And finally, and this is where I think the role of femepazole, at least in my opinion, might be, is I don't really at this stage think we have enough data to say femepazole should be used with every run-in-the-mill acetaminophen poisoning. I don't think most people at this time would disagree with that. But if we have somebody who's really sick or heading towards being sick with these massive poisonings, or even maybe not a massive poisoning, but we see a lot of the acidemia and the encephalopathy and other multi-system organ effects, there's little downside to giving femepazole. I mean, it's expensive, so we don't want to minimize that. But it's a single dose of 15 milligrams per kilo. You infuse that in, and who knows? There probably will not be any great head-to-head trials. There are good animal data. And there's also at least one human volunteer study that suggests maybe this will be beneficial. But you and I were talking, we've been down this road before, right, with cimetidine, probably over 20 years ago. Right. But I mean, the the issue here is that cimetidine might only be pennies per dose at this point in time, whereas if this becomes widespread, that could be a disaster. Yeah. And we might have people looking. So just for everybody listening, cimetidine is the old H2, the first H2 antagonist that was on the market. That Stuart used for his heartburn. Yeah, go ahead. You can (laughs) say it. For his pyrosis. (laughs) And the problem with it, and when some of the newer agents came out that were better because it had a lot of drug-drug interactions, particularly because it affects that cytochrome P450 system, and it affects 2E1. So this has been tried before with acetaminophen, to inhibit it. The thinking was it didn't work fast enough. You know, cimetidine was kind of heading out when I first got into toxicology. And I think the door was pretty much closed then. So I'm not looking necessarily to open another door. But I just don't want this to be a free-for-all where we see femepazole being used thousands and thousands of dollars on every acetaminophen that comes through the door, at least not on the data that we have to date. All right. So say we do have a very bad case and this comes up. How is it given? So it's a single dose, 15 milligrams per kilo, and that's it, just a one-time. So that's where it is different than treatment of toxic alcohols, where we would continue with serial dosing. All righty then, Sean. And like you said, if they're sick enough to be considering femepazole for acetaminophen, then you probably also should be considering dialysis for these patients. So this can get very complicated, and so we do recommend that you involve a toxicologist or poison control in any cases of this nature. Summary. In the way of summary, I'd like to say that we don't normally go so much into the weeds when it comes to pharmacology or basic science for that matter in general. We're busy. But acetaminophen poisonings are so common and so much a part of the core knowledge base of our specialty that it's really helpful to know a little bit more about the history and the context And also, we don't want to get blindsided by any new therapies that are out there. So here's my take-home points. For patients with massive or severe acetaminophen poisonings, you have to think beyond the liver. These patients can get multi-system organ failure, and this is mediated by mitochondrial toxicity. You might want to consider higher doses of NAC for these patients and acetylcysteine. They might get a single dose of intravenous femepazole. And dialysis is something that is being recommended more commonly. Just a few little tidbits to keep us at the cutting edge. That's it for now. Thank you, Sean. 